Well, good morning and welcome to St. Matthew's Online here down on the Corso. Uh, we're looking forward to sharing together in a service of the Lord's Supper. And uh, today we're calling our service a song of encouragement. Uh, so our music director, Dave, and our 8am uh, music team leader, Mark, have recorded some special songs for our, for our encouragement this morning. And uh, featuring in our service, Scott Petty will be preaching from a great song of encouragement, a song which has brought encouragement to generations of Christians. Uh, but I'll leave it to Scott to introduce that song to you a little later in the service. Right now we've got a bracket of two songs, uh, beginning with another song out of the St Paul's Anglican Church in Castle Hill Stable. So uh, this may be new to you. Uh, if you do know it, please uh, sing along. Otherwise, enjoy. Gift of grace is Jesus, my Redeemer. There is no more the heaven now to give. He is my joy, my righteousness and freedom. My steadfast love, my deep and things. Start again, start again, start again. Uh, Anthony. Amen. 
with every breath, I long to follow Jesus, for he has said that he will bring me home. And day by day, I know he will renew me until I stand with joy before the throne. We will see a 
praise the name of the Lord our God forevermore indeed. Uh, thanks to Dave and to Mark uh, for recording that for us. Uh, welcome again uh, to St Matthew's Online here on the Corso. Uh, for our guests, uh, my name is Andrew Graham. I'm one of the ministers here at St Matthew's. Um, a large part of my role is focusing on uh, the people who are normally here at 8 o'clock uh, on a Sunday morning, uh, together with uh, pastoral care across our uh, whole church family. It's really good to have you here. And we've got lots of great things to look forward to. As I said uh, before, our theme today is a song of encouragement. Uh, so we're looking forward to Scott Petty speaking on that a little later in the service. Um, Jen Sturrock has also popped in. Uh, she'll be doing the reading for us. And uh, right towards the end of the service, we'll be sharing together in the Lord's Supper. Uh, so if you don't have um, something to drink and uh, um, a little piece of bread, uh, try and organise that before the end of the service and we'll share together in that. Uh, right now we're going to come before God in a prayer of preparation for the rest of our service. So please join me in this prayer. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. And now please join me in using the words of the Apostles' Creed to say what it is that we believe about the greatness of our God and the love of our God. Please join me. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father from, and from there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen and Amen. Uh, there's a few things coming up uh, at St Matthew's over the next couple of weeks that I'll let you know about shortly. But firstly, I want to say another word of welcome to you if you're a guest at St Matthew's Online. Uh, we'd love to know that you've been here and uh, you could use the digital connect card uh, that's there on the screen uh, in front of you. That'll also pop up later in the service. And I'd, I'd want to also say, um, if there is anything you'd like to let us know about here on the staff team, uh, any ways in which we can be of help, you could also use the Connect card uh, in that way. And if something comes up during the week, um, by all means, contact, contact us at the office and the details, the contact details are on our website. But again, to you, if you're new with us, it's great to have you here. Look, the two things that are coming up that we'll let you know about, uh, this Wednesday evening, uh, Dr. David Peterson will be conducting a teaching session for us as we launch into this, this next term, the Book of Acts. We're returning to the Book of Acts uh, in chapter 11 and working our way through to chapter 19 uh, over this term. And uh, David is a member of our 10 o'clock congregation and also a world-renowned New Testament scholar. And so he'll give us a, a wonderfully rich uh, and worthwhile oversight of those chapters that we'll be studying on Sunday mornings and complementing it with our growth group studies. So that's Wednesday night. There'll be opportunity for questions and we'll send out the details of that online um, uh, teaching session uh, a little later in the week. Uh, in the week following this, uh, Tuesday night, Tuesday week, uh, we're returning to the Alpha course. The next round of the Alpha course is in an online form. Uh, this would be a great course for you or, or someone you know who would really like the opportunity to probe questions of faith and God and life and meaning. And certainly the story of Jesus is a great place to probe those questions and the Alpha course will really help you do that. 
So that'll be just running for an hour a week over eight weeks, uh, beginning on Tuesday week, uh, running eight till nine. Uh, if you'd like to share that with someone, uh, there is an invite that you could point them to on the St. Matt's uh, website. So that's coming up uh, on Tuesday week. Uh, right now I'm going to invite uh, Jen Stark to come and join me here. Uh, Jen said, as quite a few people do when they come down uh, to be part of the services, how nice it is to be in the church building. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> do you want to grab the mic there? Thank you, Andrew. It's great to be back. Yes. Uh, it's great to see you too. Uh, not everyone will know uh, Jen. She has been at St. Matt's for a couple of years, but for much of that time, we've been in lockdown. But you, you joined uh, us at much the same time that Rhonda and I came here a couple of years ago. And during that time, you found your way onto the parish council. Uh, you're the one member of 8 o'clock who's there, which is great to have you serving in that way. And you've found yourself uh, really contributing in great ways. But something not everyone will know about you is that you are a first-time grandma as of the last year or so. Can you tell us a little bit about your granddaughter? <laughs> oh dear, what, what can a grandmother say about a granddaughter? Um, she was born last August uh, 2020. Um, and really, I haven't seen much of her mm. um, through this, uh, these couple of years. She's now 14 months old. I, I did manage to spend some time with her on Friday and last week. Um, after I had my second vaccination. Yes. <laughs> my daughter's very particular about that. Mum, you've got to have your whooping cough needle. Mum, you've got to have your vaccination yes. before you, 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 you come over. So uh, I, I, while I've missed seeing, seeing her grow up, you know, this, this first year, it's been, been wonderful. It's just such a joy and blessing to have a, have a little baby, you know, yeah. a new, new life. And I praise God for that. Thank it you. is a wonderful blessing. Please um, bring us the scriptures. Thank you. Okay. Um, Today, when you've got your Bibles ready, everybody, it's Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 13. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learnt to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learnt the secret of being content in, every, in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Thanks, Jen. And I think Scott's next on, on stage. Thanks, Scott. Well, good morning, everyone. My name's Scott. I'm one of the ministers. If I haven't met you out there in YouTube land, it's good to be together. Can I start with a question, uh, which is what would it take to make you truly content or to ask the question the other way around what if taken away from you would also take away your happiness perhaps even permanently what do you need to make you truly content or what if taken away would also take away your happiness it's a good question to ask about this time of year as we think about the year that we've endured a good question to ask as we think about our city opening up once uh, magical milestones have been reached. There might be things we didn't even know that we relied upon, personal freedom, human contact, and that have really hurt us as they've been taken away from us. And the prospect of a holiday away, or a return to normal working and schooling conditions, or even just a cheeky drink at the pub, might feel like happiness returning. You know, we can imagine contentment resuming with each chew of food or each sip of a drink at a dinner out. And I reckon it will feel like that, at least at first. But 
I suspect we'll get used to it and it will no longer feel quite as rewarding, quite as satisfying. I think this second major lockdown has taught us that very few things are lasting, constant, permanent. I mean, we never really thought we'd be in this position again. And who knows if we'll be back here sometime or something equally as unpleasant. I mean, we long for things to go well for us, but we're conscious that nothing stays that good that long. Nothing brings permanent happiness. Nothing brings lasting contentment. Well, if you wanted a picture of a fella uh, for whom things had fallen into place, it would be hard to go past a 19th century Chicago lawyer by the name of Horatio Spafford. What a cracking name. What a good-looking rooster. He was a successful lawyer, had several business interests on the go, and he owned an extensive real estate portfolio in the Chicago area. I mean, things were ticking along rather nicely at the turn of the 1870s for Horatio and his wife Anna, his four daughters, or their four daughters and one son. But then his son died at the age of four. And then the great Chicago fire of 1871 burned most of his real estate portfolio. And his business interests suffered even further from the economic downturn of 1873. And Horatio realized that he just needed a break from it all. And so he booked himself and his wife and his four daughters on a voyage to England. He ended up being delayed himself, having to deal with some rezoning issues following the fire. But he sent Anna and the girls ahead on the SS Wilderhav. While crossing the Atlantic Ocean, the ship sank rapidly after a collision with another ship. You can see it in this picture here. And all four of Spafford's daughters died. His wife Anna survived and famously sent him the briefest of telegrams. Saved alone. Saved alone. Can you imagine that? Well, Horatio travelled across the Atlantic to meet his wife, and as he passed over the stretch of sea where his four daughters had perished, he penned the words of the song, It Is Well With My Soul, that we're going to sing together in a few moments' time. And they say this, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou, God, has taught me to say, It is well, it is well with my soul. Now, many of us know that song. I wonder if he knew the story behind it, but almost everyone has the same reaction to that story. How could he possibly write those words at that place after all that had happened to him? How could Horatio say, It is well with my soul when he had lost so much? It's fine, you'd imagine, to, to say that when peace like a river attends your way, but how can you say it when sorrows roll in like sea billows? Or in the next verse, when Satan buffets, or when the trials come. Whatever my lot, it is well with my soul, sounds so alluring, so desirable, so good, that we automatically assume it's too good to be true. If nothing lasts... We say the wisdom is, well, enjoy it right now in the moment because you know that contentment and happiness cannot prevail. The sorrows roll in. The trials will come. The ship will sink. But as this great song of encouragement continues, Horatio himself provides the answer to the question, how can he say it is well, whatever my lot? And the answer is because of his relationship with Jesus. And you might think that sounds simplistic or trite or too easy to say, but they're Horatio's words. They're not mine. I mean, listen carefully to what he says. Christ has regarded my helpless estate and shed his own blood for my soul, my sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to his cross, and I bear it no more. And Lord, haste the day when faith shall be sight, the clouds be rolled back as a scroll, and the Lord shall descend. I guess in a way, Horatio is saying that he is caught up in a much larger story than his own. He is caught up in much surer circumstances than his own present situation he's caught up in a much more hopeful story than his own and it's because he sees his story within a larger story of relationship with God in Christ that it is well with his soul when the trials come when Satan buffets him when sorrows spill over 
You know, even when he was a successful lawyer, property investor, and father of five, Jesus looked upon his natural state before God, which Horatio himself describes as helpless. Interesting, you know, you can be successful in worldly terms, highly successful, but it does not hide being helpless in spiritual terms if you're not in right standing with God. Christians like Horatio, they hear in the Bible a description of a barrier that stands between humanity and God. An offense that has been committed by humans before God and a penalty that is owed by humans to God. And each and every one of us, whether we appear successful or not, whether we're morally upright or not, whether we're angry atheists, politely indifferent or even religiously inclined. The Bible calls that deep, hard attitude that is common to all humanity sin. Sin is the original virus that has infected us all, and there is no man-made vaccination at any rate of take-up that will save us. And yet at the precise moment of our greatest need to somehow remove that barrier, to deal with the offence and the penalty, Christ shed his own blood. In the next verse, Horatio will go on to explain, My sin, not in part, but the whole, has been nailed to the cross. That is the Roman executioner's cross upon which Jesus died. And the effect is the barrier is removed, uh, the offence is pardoned, and the penalty is paid so that we bear it no more. So that any person, Horatio, you, me, might be in right standing with God and know his forgiveness and his peace and his blessing and his rest, and his joy. And I would say, friends, if you don't know this peace, this joy, this blessing, this rest, can I lay it upon you to learn more of it until you can accept what Horatio accepted, that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. So whatever my lot God has taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Now, I, I really think that would be worthy of a conversation with a Christian friend. And you might want to read one of the Gospels, the biographies of Jesus' life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, which you can find in the Bible. You might even want to sign up to the online Alpha course. That would be a good thing to do. But if you don't know God and his peace and forgiveness and blessing and rest, let me lay it upon you to learn more of it until you can receive it for yourself. But for those of us who do know all that, I... I suspect this song has got something to teach us something very similar to what the apostle paul was onto that jen read out to us went from a jail cell in a jail cell in rome that's paul not jen <laughs> she was in manly he penned these words to the philippian christians i have learned to be content in whatever the circumstances i know what it is to be in need and i know what it is to have plenty I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed, whether living in plenty or in want. I have learned to be content in every situation, whatever the circumstances, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say it is well with my soul. Can you see that Horatio Spafford and the Apostle Paul are saying the exact same thing? They have grasped something so sure, so certain, so lasting, so prevalent and so uplifting. They can say they are content even under house arrest. It is well even when their children have been taken from them, though it obviously remains still very sad. I mean, we just long for the day where we can sip a beer standing up at the bar or joining together once again for church or playing a cricket match or Christmas dinner. Even though those things can be taken from us quite incidentally, quite rapidly, Horatio Spafford and the Apostle Paul say they've got something that disaster and disease and detention cannot take away from them. A contentment and a joy that comes from knowing Christ Jesus knowing his forgiveness that's born from his love and his blessing and his presence and his rest and his peace. But I wonder if you noticed that both men pointed to the fact that it didn't come naturally to them. It's not native to us as human beings. Horatio Spafford was taught to say, it is well with my soul. The Apostle Paul twice says, I have learned to be content. I have learned the secret to being content. It's not natural to be content in any and every situation, even though it's something we all desire. 
So let me ask you the obvious question. How do you think they learned it? How did Horatio Spafford get taught that? Do you think both Paul and Spafford learned to be content in every circumstance by avoiding every difficult circumstance? Wouldn't you say it was those difficult circumstances that were the most fertile learning opportunities, the best environments to be taught that only that which endures forever, only that which cannot be taken away from us at a whim, can supply ongoing contentment and bring permanent joy in every circumstance? Only a relationship with God which first begins when we trust that his son has shed his own blood in response to our helpless estate and which prevails through all the ups and downs of life and which continues into eternity. I mean, don't we learn from people like Spafford and the Apostle Paul that the secret of contentment is to not let it rely upon things that can easily be taken from us, our health, our wealth, our friendships and even our freedom but to let it rely upon a relationship with God that spans eternity that is founded upon the unchanging historical data of Jesus perfect life and his sacrificial death on a cross and which will merge from faithful expectation into a blessed and splendid realization when we see the Lord with our own eyes what a wonderful day. Now, I think, is the perfect time to learn this secret with restricted freedoms that we're currently facing. Soon will be a time to test this secret as the opening up of our city provides pleasant but not prevailing contentment. This song, It Is Well With My Soul, remains a song of encouragement because it encourages us to use whatever difficulties, whatever pleasantries we face, all that await us in any and every situation, whatever my lot to say, it is well with my soul. For I know Jesus and all the joy, peace, blessing and rest that he brings and he knows me and that can never be taken away. Well, let's sing this fantastic song together, a great song of encouragement. When peace shall... Ah, start, start again. Okay. When peace like a Attendeth my way when sorrows like sea billows roll. Whatever my lot, God told me to say, it is well. moving uh, to consider the loss of the things that Horatio Spafford found, uh, to consider that he had learnt something about God and about the world, which meant he could say and sing and teach people like us to sing, it is well with my soul. 
and a wonderful thing too to hear from the scriptures the same kind of testimony from the apostle paul uh, about his own situation of finding contentment in much or in little in whatever any and every situation to know contentment in christ uh, these are wonderful things and very encouraging uh, thanks so much scott for bringing those things to our attention Are we going to now come before that God who is constant in his love for us, whom we know through the Lord Jesus? We're going to come before him now in prayer. So please uh, bow your head as I lead us. Uh, We praise you, Lord, for your everlasting faithfulness and your abounding love and kindness. We want to bring you glory for you are rich in mercy. Today, Lord, we bring before you people who are seeking refuge from brutal regimes and warfare in places like Afghanistan and Eritrea. We ask for safety for those seeking permanent protection, mercy for those in limbo in refugee camps, reunion for families separated by borders, and relief for those losing hope within detention systems. We grieve with them in their trauma and their loss. May many who now live with fear come to know your great love and mercy in our Lord Jesus. And Father, we praise you as the one who rules all. And so we want to pray for the government of our own state. Uh, Following the shock resignation of our Premier, Gladys Berejiklian, we pray for a smooth transition of responsibility to whoever the incoming Premier may be. And that you will bless our state with wise and able leadership as we navigate our way through these uncertain times. And we want to lift up before you those who are known to us who are frail, uh, lonely, who may have suffered injury in some way, those worn down with sickness and the worries of life. Show them your mercy. Teach them how to lift their cares and concerns to you. And give healing and great strength and peace when hard times continue. And I'll just give you a moment to lift before the Lord people who may be a particular concern to you at the moment. Father, we pray for those we have named, that they will know your presence in Christ in their road of difficulty. And Lord, we want to pray this week for our mission partner here locally in Manly, the Salvation Army. Uh, We're thankful that they've been able to continue some breakfast and lunch services during lockdown to those who are in need and for the volunteers who make this possible. Uh, Please give strength and patience to those who continue to serve and we ask that community members experience your love for them through this means. Lord, whether we feel near to you or distant, your love never wavers. So let us rest in your unfailing love in this week to come, calling out to you in joys and sorrows, in pleas for help and outbursts of praise, always knowing you are our one and only Heavenly Father. Amen. We're going to share together now in the Lord's Supper. Uh, which I have before for me here, a little loaf of bread and uh, a cup uh, of wine. Uh, what we're doing in this is, is we're engaging in a, a simple meal, uh, ordinary bread, ordinary drink, as a way of recalling the last meal that Jesus shared with his disciples. Uh, eating the bread, drinking the wine, is a very concrete way of recalling that last meal Jesus had with his disciples. The scripture describes it in this way. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and uh, when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the meal, Jesus took the cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from this, all of you, This is my blood of the new covenant which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. 
So in preparing ourselves to share together in the Lord's Supper now, it's really appropriate that we recognise the ways in which we, we have fallen short of God's will for our lives. Please join me in this prayer of confession. Most merciful God, we humbly admit that we need your help. We confess that we have wandered from your way. We have done wrong and we have failed to do what is right. You alone can save us. Have mercy on us. Wipe out our sins and teach us to forgive others. And bring forth in us the fruit of the Spirit that we may live as disciples of Christ. This we ask in the name of Jesus, our Saviour. How good is it to know that God is slow to anger and full of compassion, that in Christ he forgives all who humbly repent and turn to him in Christ, in whom there is no condemnation. So brothers and sisters, with a real sense of joy at all that's been achieved for us in Christ, would you, would you take some bread? And let's eat this, remembering that Christ died for us. He gave his body in exchange for our sins. And will you take the cup and as you drink from it, remember the blood of Christ which was shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Please join me in this prayer of thanksgiving. Lord and Heavenly Father, in your loving kindness, accept our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Grant that by the merits and death of your Son, Jesus Christ, and through faith in his blood, we and your whole church may receive the forgiveness of our sins and all other benefits of his passion. With gratitude for all your mercies, we offer ourselves to you as a living sacrifice through Jesus Christ our Lord. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. Amen. Please enjoy as Dave has another song for us. He's for you, he's for you, 
He's for you, He's for you, He's for you, He's for you, He's for you, He's for you, He's for you. It's been great to be together this morning. A really strong word of encouragement that we've heard focused, uh, yes, on that great hymn uh, by Spafford, uh, but even more through the truth uh, that it unfolds as it tells the story of Jesus and how the story of Jesus makes all the difference to the way that we live now and teaches us not to let our joy, let our contentment, Rest on things that can so easily be taken away from us. But teach us instead to let our contentment, to find our joy in that which, which cannot be robbed from us. The love of God in Christ, shown in history as he came and lived amongst us, as he died for us, as he rose for us, and as he now reigns and rules for us and will one day return. Hey, um, thanks to everyone for, uh, for, for jotting some things into the chat section on the YouTube, uh, uh, on, on YouTube there this morning. I uh, really appreciated just hearing from everybody, uh, particularly from Wayne, uh, who described his, how eager he was uh, to hear God's word and also the challenge he found. Um, thanks to, uh, it was wonderful to hear from Martin and Margaret, from John Jones, uh, Peter Haynes. Yes, it was really nice to have Jen Starrick here, and I'm glad lots of you got to meet her who may not have previously. And uh, apart from something I'll read in a moment, I'll leave the last word to Kathy Weber. Very encouraging, Kathy. Dave and Mark, wonderful hymns. Thank you for a wonderful uh, morning from Andrew, Scott, and Jen. Have a great week. Stay safe. Love, Kathy. Let me give you these words of encouragement to wrap up our time together. May the love of the Lord Jesus draw us to himself. The encouragement of the Lord Jesus lift us up. The joy of the Lord Jesus fill our hearts. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit being among us and remain with us always. Amen.